Genesis chapter 19. How pleasantly surprised was I tonight to see my good friend, Brother John Reading, walk through those doors. And I love you, appreciate you. Good to see you tonight. We have been friends, well, from a distance, I guess, but we've stayed in contact over the years. And it seems like every time that we talk on the phone or get together, it, it's, it's a lengthy conversation, and that's good. <laughs> but uh, appreciate them and their family. Great to have them here tonight. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I, I want God to have his way in my life. How about you? Lord, whatever you want, I want to be in the middle of your will. I want to be submitted to your plan. Praise the Lord. Would you, just, would you just be willing that, God, whatever you want to do in this service, that's what we want tonight. Is that okay? And, and why don't we just make up our mind that at the end of this service, we're going to come around this altar, we're going to press in close, and we're going to receive what, whatever it is that God has for us tonight. Genesis chapter 19, verse 24. Then the Lord rained upon Sodom and upon Gomorrah brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven. And he overthrew those cities and all the plain and all the inhabitants of the cities and that which grew upon the ground. But his wife looked back from behind him and she became a pillar of salt. In preaching tonight, I ask that we would use our imagination to consider a place and a time which none of us, none of us, truly want to experience, yet we are all in the danger of if we don't listen to the right voice. Let's consider today the last night of Sodom. The last night of Sodom. Would you pray, Lord, I pray that you'd speak to our hearts. I pray that you'd have your way. We need your help. We need your strength. We need your mercy and your grace. We're nothing without you. God, I pray that you would speak to our lives, and I pray that you'd help us to respond. Help us, Lord, to receive what you would have for us. We thank you for it in the precious, precious, mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Would you give the Lord one more hand clap of praise? God bless you. You may be seated. It is in Genesis chapter 19, verse 1, that we find the prelude to the scriptures we read tonight for our text. It's over 17 important verses that, that we find our background tonight. There came two angels at Sodom to Sodom at even, and Lot sat in the gate of Sodom, and Lot, seeing them, rose up to meet them. And he bowed himself with his face toward the ground, and he said, Behold now, my lords, turn in, I pray you into your servant's house, and tarry all night. And wash your feet, and ye shall rise up early and go on your ways. And they said, Nay, but we will abide in the street all night. And he pressed upon them greatly, and they turned in unto him, and entered into his house, and he made them a feast, and did bake unleavened bread, and they did eat. But before they lay down, the men of the city, even the men of Sodom, compassed the house round, both old and young, all the people from every quarter, and they called unto Lot and said unto him, Where are the men which came in to thee this night? 
Bring them out unto us that we may know them. And Lot went out at the door unto them and shut the door after them, him and said, I pray you, brethren, do not so wickedly. Behold, now I have two daughters which have not known man. Let me, I pray you, bring them out unto you and do ye to them as is good in your eyes. Only unto these men do nothing. For therefore came they under the shadow of my roof. Verse 9. And they said, Stand back. And they said again, This one fellow came in to sojourn, and he will needs be a judge. Now will we deal worse with thee than with them? And they pressed sore upon the man, even Lot, and came near to break the door. But the men put forth their hand and pulled Lot into the house to them and shut to the door. And they smote the men that were at the door of the house with blindness, both small and great, so that they wearied themselves to find the door. And the men said unto Lot, Hast thou here any besides son-in-law and thy sons and thy daughters and Whatsoever thou hast in the city, bring them out of this place, for we will destroy this place, because the cry of them is waxen great before the face of the Lord, and the Lord hath sent us to destroy it. And Lot went out and spake unto his sons-in-law, which married his daughters, and said, Up, get you out of this place, for the Lord will destroy this city. But he seemed as one that mocked unto his sons-in-law. And when the morning arose, then the angels hastened Lot, saying, Arise, take thy wife and thy two daughters, which are here, lest thou be consumed in the iniquity of the city. And while he lingered, the men lay hold upon his hand, and upon the hand of his wife, and upon the hand of his two daughters, the Lord being merciful unto him. And they brought him forth and set him without the city. And it came to pass, when they had brought them forth abroad, that he said, Escape for thy life. Look not behind thee, neither stay thou in all the plain. Escape to the mountains, lest thou be consumed. Notice with me tonight the difference between verse 2 and verse 17. In verse 2, the message was, tarry all night. In other words, come on in and enjoy yourself. Make yourself comfortable and take it easy and relax and Then in verse 17, the message had drastically changed to escape for thy life. Don't wait around. Don't stop to smell the roses. Don't don't look behind you. Don't stay in the valley, but get up to the mountaintop so you're not consumed. It was the last night of Sodom, and there are two drastically different points of view. One, the words of a man caught up in sin, and the other, the warnings of angels. No two viewpoints could be more different from tarry all night to escape for thy life. How vital it is for somebody to be a willing herald of truth today a watchman on the wall to proclaim the warning far and wide, to sound the alarm, to awaken souls from slumber, to tell them it's not time to tarry in sin, to linger in morality, to stay in transgression, but no, there's an alarm that must go forth to escape for your lives, to make your calling and election sure. Yes, it was the last night of Sodom. They chose to live in the most wicked city of their day. They didn't need to live there. 
But sin blinded their eyes. Lot didn't need to go there to make a living. He was already rich before he ever moved to the city of Sodom. But an honest look at Lot's life shows that what took him there simply must have been the love of the world. He was caught up with the allure of the bright lights and the worldly excitement. He was captured with sin's invitation. He was taken by the thrill of the flesh. This man is as successful as Lot was. He should have had enough sense not to try raising a family in that dreadful place. Isn't it strange and isn't it tragic how the glitter of gold will, will blind a man's eyes into where he's willing to lose it all for, for some worthless ambition? Come on, we've all seen it. Uh, we've all seen it how someone has pursued worldly dreams and they've climbed the ladder of success uh, only to find out when they reach the top that they've lost some things uh, along the way. I want to tell you, it's not worth losing your family over. It's not worth losing your peace. It's not worth losing your salvation. We ought to be the best that we can be, but not at the expense of our souls, not at the expense of our family. Mark 8, 36 is so true. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? How tragic it is when a family receives word that there's a job promotion. And they come to pastor. I'm so excited about this. It's going to mean a pay increase. It's going to, it's going to be good for our family. And pastor says, well, what, what churches are in the area? Oh, I don't know. I haven't even checked. That ought to be the first consideration. I want to tell you, some things are more important than financial success. Praise the Lord. I can make it through this life living on bare means, but I'm, going to, I'm looking forward to another day when I'm going to be in heaven and Jesus Christ is going to be my king and there's not going to be any more tears and no more sorrow and everything we have need of will be there. What shall a man give in exchange for his soul? So they lingered and they drove their stakes deeper and deeper into the soil of that wicked city until it was all but impossible to pull them up. They had too much invested and their family was, was growing and had settled there and Lot was recognized in the city. He held a responsible position in city government and Lot's wife was probably a member of the PTA and they were on the pages of who's who of Sodom. They had everything they'd ever dreamed of. What, what a life. And, but it was the last night of Sodom. Think with me tonight of the mercy of God. When judgment could be delayed no longer and God sends two angels to warn this businessman and his family so they might escape the coming destruction. You see, an old-fashioned uncle had been praying for them. Yes, he, he'd been praying for a lot, even though he got the short end of the stick. But 
Oh, he'd given Lot first choice, and, and in choosing the well-watered plain, it had meant Lot's family's destruction. But I'm thankful for the mercy of God, and I'm thankful for some old-fashioned prayer warriors that prayed for me and, and prayed for you. And, and oh, I want to tell you, I'm thankful for the prayers of God's people. And we can be thankful for God's mercy. He's always still reaching. I'm thankful for His love towards us. He's continually seeking and, and pursuing us, trying to, to reach us and cover us with His blood and set us free from sin. I've come to tell somebody tonight, God's reaching for you. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter how far you've gone. It doesn't matter what others think of your life. God is reaching for you. Thank God for His mercy. Hallelujah. But in the city of Sodom, Lot, Lot thought that there was so much to enjoy. The excitement of the city. The vibrant nightlife. The, the fashion. The high society that they were a part of. Lot thought that this was really it. The men from another world knew better. It's the difference between the fleshly and the spiritual. Somebody here tonight, are, are you led of your flesh or are you led of, your, of God's spirit? How many have bought into these lies of the devil believing that, that they've arrived and that their life is so full and, and that they've really made it uh, when they're only seeing things through the eyes of the flesh? Uh, oh, I pray that our spiritual man would be wakened uh, here tonight, uh, that we would hear in the spirit the alarm going forth, uh, that we'd feel in our very being the warning for our soul. Uh, I pray tonight that we'd smell the clouds of fire and brimstone gathering uh, and that we would awaken here today because a reckoning is on the way. This world may not know it. They're not paying attention to the signs, but there's coming a day of judgment. And God let us in the church be sensitive to your spirit. If there's one lesson in the account of Sodom to learn, it's that things are not always what they seem. So my job tonight is to Provoke your conscience to kindle a little flame within your heart to remind us we're not of this world. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Why are we trying to grow a church? Why are we trying to build a, a building? Why are we trying to reach out to other cities? Because Jesus is coming. Oh, looking at the surface, it seems like everything's just, just going along like normal. But we've got to remember, uh, Jesus is coming soon. Uh, Jesus is coming soon. Uh, we've got to be ready. We've got to make ourselves ready. It was the night before the morning which brought destruction. And, and Lot and his wife made a wonderful dinner for the two angels and they probably all sat down together and ate the meal that had been prepared. And that night they experienced a scene of unspeakable evil, which should have made them desperate to escape the city. If they had been gradually sucked in to that sick society, so that abominable evil was no longer shocking and dreadful, but just par for the course. Little by little, little 
by little. In the beginning, it all began with Lot simply setting up his tent facing Sodom. But before long, we find him there right in the midst of the city, having become a part of that revolting place. And Satan tries to weave his way into our lives just the same, where we don't always realize the effects and what we would have never allowed into our home. And, 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 and technology we would have never consumed and language we would have never endorsed, attitudes that we would never permit, habits we would have never sanctioned. Yet over time, the enemy seeks his way into our lives because we gradually become callous to sin. And what was once, once just a little now becomes a lot. And little by little, we find ourselves in the midst of Sodom to where what's, what once would have rattled us to our very core now even, it doesn't even move our blood pressure. And into that mental and spiritual state that Lot finds himself walks two messengers with a warning from heaven. This is a great church and God is doing great things, but we've got to hear a warning tonight that Jesus is coming soon. Jesus is coming soon. It's not time to see how close to the world we can get. Amen. It's not time to set up our tents facing Sodom. It's not time to, to compromise. It's not time to let down on doctrine. It's not time to allow more and more of the world into our lives. Hey, I want to tell you, it's not time to be comfortable without a prayer life. It's not time to be unmoved by the Spirit of God. It's not time to shrug off the burden that God wants to place upon us. But right now, in this final hour of history, don't you dare give up on what's brought you to this place. But all the more, I've got to pray like never before. I've got to serve God like never before. I've got to be holy and separated like never before. Could it be that perhaps a heavenly host has come to give some a warning tonight that wake up, Jesus is coming. Escape for your life. There's judgment ahead. We must be ready. Sodom was sin city in the midst of a fertile plain. Looking about on this evening, there's no signs of wrath in the sky. Perhaps the weather was even quite pleasant. Not a cloud to be seen. A little breeze blowing through the streets. A beautiful sunset that was to be the city's last. The houses of sin were all open to sell out crowds. People standing in line to partake of more and more evil. Nothing along the busy streets to suggest a final night. Nothing in the air to hint of destruction. No sirens sounding a warning. No people hurrying towards a shelter. No screams in the night. The nightclubs were full. The music was lit. The appetite for lust was in full swing. It was the last night of Sodom, but business is good and and big spenders directed their camels towards downtown. 
After all, they deserved their fun. They'd worked hard all week, and now it was the time to party, and, and, and money was flowing, and the city fathers were pleased, and yes, Lot was among them. But luxury doesn't indicate great spiritual health. And America needs to hear this tonight because of the blessings of Almighty God and because of those blessings alone, we enjoy luxury and affluence and we are the most indulgent society on this earth. But it's all only served to breed sin and destruction. If we have it this good without God, they think, Why would we need him? Why would we serve him? Why would we submit to to his word and his plans for us? But it was the last night of Sodom. There wasn't much in the way of church choices in town. Sodom really wasn't in the Bible belt. They majored more in eating and drinking, in buying and selling and planting and building and marrying and giving in marriage. It was an endless party and there was no room for God and no thoughts for their soul. And had anyone suggested uh, that this was the final night, they would have been laughed and mocked to shame. And there are people uh, who live on your street uh, with the same thoughtless, uh, pleasure-loving lifestyle. Uh, They don't want to hear of judgment. Uh, They don't want to hear of destruction. Uh, They don't want to consider that they're living on borrowed time. Eternity is just something for those Christian fanatics to talk about. Uh, Oh, but but, oh, we we don't need to be old-fashioned like that. Uh, And they continue on unmoved and unchanged. We've got a job to do. We've got a job to do. I wish somebody would get a burden and pray, Lord, I pray that you would send heavenly messengers down my street and begin to prepare hearts. I pray that you would send angels down the streets of this city to begin to move into homes and to break down walls that the enemy has built up because we've got to have revival. This is the last days and we've got a work to do. Lord, move people's hearts. God, challenge their souls. Hallelujah. Don't you think that your prayers aren't having an effect? You keep praying, Abram. You keep praying for those lost loved ones. You keep praying for your neighbors. You keep praying for your neighborhood and your streets. You keep praying for your schools because God's going to have a revival in the last days. It may be the last night of Sodom, but God is still reaching and there's going to be some that are saved in the final hour. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And so the messengers came and there wasn't much to set them apart. There was no great welcoming committee. Lot alone offered them shelter. He didn't even know for sure who they were. He didn't, did not suspect that they'd come with an awful task, but His goodness toward them helped him find help for his soul. Let there be a willingness and an openness to receive a message from another world tonight. In my spirit today, I want to tell you the pressure, just all day long, the spiritual pressure 
perhaps you don't even realize it, but when an outsider comes in and you feel that, there's a battle going on. But this battle is worth it. This battle is worth it. Hallelujah. And you may feel it when you go back to school and you may feel it on the job and you may feel it around town but, but I want to tell you the more and more prayers that go up and the more worship that there is and, and the more that the word of God is preached I want to tell you that light is growing stronger and stronger and in the last days there is going to be a revival there is going to be a breakthrough come on God's just getting things ready He's just setting the stage. He's just preparing for His work. Come on, it's time that somebody realize my prayers are having an effect. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, it wasn't a popular thing to do to let these heavenly messengers in. The gangs on the street had their own hospitality in mind. Then they took to demonstrating in front of Lot's house. and So blinded and crazed by sin that they didn't even care that these men carried instant destruction with them. The messengers came for one purpose. To find if there was any in that city who could be delivered from doom. God had sent His best from another world and they had been met with demonic lust. They came as angels of mercy, ready to lead any willing to go to safety, but they left as agents of judgment. God, help us not to stomp on Your mercy, but God, help us to be sensitive to the Spirit. Can you see it with me today as Lot is permitted to slip out and to urge his family to leave with him that doomed city and imagine him moving urgently through the streets that night uh, just before dawn to urge his family to believe uh, but to no avail. And no doubt they told him, go home and, 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 and take something to quiet your nerves. And, and, and oh, it's one of the loneliest scenes in the whole Bible. An elder man desperately making his way through the dark streets knocking on children's doors, making one final attempt to save their soul. And when Lot comes back, the first streaks of day are visible in the sky and the angels can wait no longer. The city in slumber after its night of play. No one is alarmed. Just listen. There's no cries of warning. There's no word of warning except to strangers that say the Lord will destroy the city. It does not matter what the majority thinks. It does not matter what the consensus might be. Popular opinion means nothing against the Word of God. I don't know the number of churches in this town, but I could almost guarantee that there's no message like this going forth. But that doesn't mean it's not right. And that doesn't mean it's not true. Somebody's got to sound a warning. Somebody's got to hear the alarm. Somebody's got to preach the truth. 
And God has placed this church here for this season and here for this time. And he's placed you in this church knowing that this is the final hour. And somebody needs to realize this work is upon my shoulders. This work is in my hands. I don't have time to, 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 to relax and take it easy. But I've got to get to be about the Father's business. It's time to wake up and to take to heart the warning of God's word. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, who is it here tonight that God has been tugging at your heart? Who is it here in this place? You know what you need to do. You know what God is calling you to do. You need to commit to the Lord. Don't wait another day. Don't put it off another week. But listen to the voice of warning today. Now is the time for salvation. Move past that valley of decision and give your life completely to the Lord. When we're talking about salvation, there's no time for a backward look. There's no time for a backward look. Somebody here tonight, God's God's reaching for you, but if you're not careful, you're going to be caught in a backward look. God's brought you out of that. God's delivered you. We don't have time for a backward look. We have no time to mess around with the things that God brought us out of. We have no time to, to, to get involved in the things that God delivered us from. We have no time for a backward look. Don't let the enemy sell you that lie that it's better back there that where he brought you from is a place you need to go back to. No, I want to tell you it's a lie from the enemy. When destruction hit, Lot's daughter's sons were probably coming over to poke fun at him for the frightened old man's sleepwalking the night before. When the end came, the high society was just stretching themselves awake, considering their busy calendars and planning new pleasures of sin for the day. When it hit, young people were just beginning to stir and already thinking about what club they attend that night. They never made it. But fire and brimstone canceled every appointment. Every appointment that is except for two. Death and judgment. For it was the last night of Sodom. This is a different message tonight. I'd love to be shouting from the chandeliers. Well, you don't really have chandeliers. I'd, I'd love to be just going over the top and Worshiping and praising God, but there's a warning that needs to go forth. Matthew 24, 36 tells us, 
But of that day and hour knoweth no man. No, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Then shall two be in the field, the one shall be taken and the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the meal, the one shall be taken and the other left. Watch therefore, for ye know not what hour your Lord doth come. But know this, that if the good men of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore be ye also ready for in such an hour as ye think not the Son of Man cometh. No man knows the day. No man knows the hour. But there's coming a day of judgment. We're not promised tomorrow. We're not promised next year. God knows the hour. The enemy doesn't know the hour. But he sees the signs of the times. And he knows his hour is short. Come on, we may look around at life and it seems like everything's just kicking along like normal. We get wrapped up in living and and going to work and going to school. and, and, And church can be just going through the motions. Our prayer life can like the passion it's once it once had. Oh, we become nonchalant about spiritual things. Allowing more and more of the worldliness in. Oh, until our spiritual man is only a shadow of what we once were. And so it was in the last night of Sodom. The lesson for us here tonight is summed up in two short passages. The thing we must consider is found in two sayings that I've taken from this account. One is from man. From the fleshly, temporal world. The other message is from God in eternity. The one says, Terry, relax. Be at ease. Enjoy yourself. Don't be alarmed. Things are just going good. Just enjoy it. The other says, escape for thy life. Don't look behind you. The one says, live it up, eat, drink, and be merry. You don't need to consider the state of your soul. The other says, thou fool, this night thy soul will be required of thee. We must make a choice today. And that choice weighs heavy upon our souls. No one can make that choice for us. We each must choose which voice we'll listen to. Would you stand with me tonight? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I wonder if somebody would just reach out to the Lord right now. God, you know my heart. You see my life. You see what the enemy's trying to do to discourage me. You know the temptation that I'm facing. You see the attack upon my soul, the attack upon my family. God, awaken my spirit here tonight. Don't let me be led of my flesh. I want to tell you, God's patience 
is ever reaching for us. But do we have time to tarry? Do we have time to delay? God has sent some of the greatest of messengers. We've heard preachers that can deliver the word so beautifully. We're accustomed to the tugging of the Spirit at our hearts. We cannot let it become so ordinary and mundane that we let the fire grow dim, that we let the passion go out. One voice says, Terry, wait, take it easy, enjoy yourself. There's still time. The other voice warns, hurry, make a decision for the Lord. Escape for your life. I can't think of anything more important than the salvation of our soul here tonight. Hallelujah. Not, not anything going on this week. Not any place we might go eat tonight. Not, not any plan that we would have that, that happens tomorrow. The most important thing right now is, am I ready to meet the Lord? Am I ready to meet the Lord? I wonder if there would be a cry from our hearts here right now. Jesus, I've got to be ready. Jesus, I've got to be ready. Lord, I pray that you would reach for me right now, Lord. Don't let me be found in the valley of decision, but help me to make that commitment for you. Help me, Lord, to give you my all right now. Lord, I don't want to hold anything back, but everything, Lord, I commit it to you in this house. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Come on, maybe you've been in the church all your life. But tonight, maybe you just need to make sure, is that fire still hot? Is that passion still there? Maybe this is your first service here at this church, but, but you realize God's tugging upon your heart and you want more of what you feel. I wonder if we could gather around this altar right now and realize today that God's reaching for us and let's reach back to Him right now. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Would you find a place of prayer right now? Would you find a place of prayer right now? Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. the Lord. Come on, would you reach for the Lord right now? In the name of Jesus.
Let me tell.